laughter isn't just a gimmick. It really is better than medicine. It helps us learn faster. It helps us retain information. It reduces stress, brings our energy levels up, and gets our hormones flowing so that we can be better problem solvers. It does a lot of very good things. And lately, I think we all wish that we could just have a little more of it. Well, my friend, you are in for a treat today. As soon as I learned about today's guest, I was immediately so inspired and enthralled by her content and how she shows up in the world, I knew I had to have her not only on the show, but in my world. I mean, I straight up wanted to immediately become her best friend. And the thing is, that isn't a coincidence. It is truly a product of an incredibly unforgettable and dialed-in marketing strategy. Rachel K. Albers is a business comedian, marketing educator, and no stranger to creating what she refers to as unforgettability in business. Rachel Kay, otherwise known as RKA, uses her Saturday Night Live like comedy angle to help people learn the things she teaches in her business and on her YouTube channel called Awkward Marketing. Her content is entertaining and fun and quite honestly like no one else I've ever seen before. So above all else, RKA is a marketing educator and strategist who full on practices what she preaches. She walks the walk and talks the talk when it comes to creating a business and a brand that truly stands out. I mean, I binged her YouTube videos harder than the first season of Ozark and Tiger King combined, and I laughed and learned along the way. How about that for an endorsement? I am beyond excited to introduce you to today's guest, Rachel K. Albers, or RKA, creative director and business comedian. And in this episode, she is sharing how you can follow her lead and create unforgettability in your own business to skyrocket your growth too. So settle in and get ready to meet my hilarious new business inspiration and hopefully future business bestie, Rachel K. Albers. You are about to laugh a lot. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. RKA, welcome to the show. I am so excited to introduce you to my audience. How are you today? You know what? I'm sitting here curled up, nestled in a robe, and as long as that's true... I'm living the dream. I'm truly living the dream. So thank you for having me in my robe today. I appreciate that. I love you and your robe. Like you have no idea. Oh, that came out awkward, didn't it? But I want to start with like the most important question. Do you have any openings for a new business bestie? And if you do, would you consider taking on a Canadian business bestie from the East Coast, specifically from St. John, New Brunswick? One of my <laughs> Facebook friends was wondering. Oh, you're fa- okay. Asking for a Facebook <laughs> friend. 
Wow. I like this. Yeah. You know what? I don't think I have anyone in the Eastern Canadian area specifically. So I feel like that is definitely a niche that's available to be filled for sure for me. And I really love to get insights from biz besties from all, you know, like the Eastern New Brunswick area, your perspective on things very different from Western Canada. So... So you're down with it. I will let my Facebook friend know. Thank you so much for saying that. But really, I'm just so excited to introduce you to my audience today. I have developed a small or maybe large obsession with you and your content and everything that you're doing. So why don't we start with having you tell us in your words how that all came to be, how you came to be the unforgettable entrepreneur and marketing guru that you are today. How it came to be. Well, let me take you back. Dirt road. (laughs) The truth is it was a long and winding road. And I like to start when I tell this story, I really just like to hinge on the fact that it all began with me like begrudgingly starting a business, like not caring about my business. I think the tale is old as time in the online business world is to be like, well, I had this dream And I saved up a bunch of money and I built my list and I took B school and then I quit my job (laughs) and then, and I'm living the dream now. And it's like, no, no, no. I started a business to fund projects that I was doing and I lived in Mexico for almost eight years and I was doing stuff down there and I was like, okay, I need a way to pay for this work that I'm doing here. I guess I'll like let people give me money in exchange for me doing stuff for them, right? And that, I guess you could call a business. It's all branding, baby, right? Like, <laughs> So no, I'm kidding. It was the beginning of my business, but I didn't do it with the dream, right? Like it started that way. I had a background in marketing. I had studied marketing in school. I had dabbled in some different jobs and internships, you know, like, and I had the skills to literally pay the bills. And that's all I cared about, right? And flash forward to today, by the end of the year, it'll be 12 years in business. Okay. So I'm in my 12th year. I'm almost 12. I don't know. I've thought about this a lot. Like, am I 12? Am I almost 12? I don't know. 12 is around the corner or it is the corner, but it's 12 years in. And now how did I get here? Well, I kind of fell in love with business along the way because it gave me this opportunity to be super creative, but I didn't set out to do this. So I could not give you, and then here's the three steps in between today and that first day in December of 2009, when I decided to open up my laptop and it was a Weebly site, start my first Weebly site. We all start somewhere. Even our KA started with a Weebly site. I love it. I love how real you are. I think that's why I fell in love with your content first and foremost. But secondly, you're hilarious and you've done an incredible job marrying education with entertainment and humor. In fact, in your words, you referred yourself as Saturday Night Live meets business. And I wholeheartedly agree. I completely binged your hilarious, awkward marketing video series, Netflix style. So can you tell us a little bit about how awkward marketing came to be? 
Yeah. Before we got on this, I'm going to give a little behind the scenes, you know, behind the scenes of this episode, behind the music, we got on and you were like, don't worry if you mess up, if you say anything, we could edit it out. And I'm sitting here being like, don't worry. Literally, I built my whole business on being awkward. And it all started with, it's hilarious. Again, another thing that I was not excited to do, which was video marketing. I moved back to the United States from Mexico in 2016. And at that time, video marketing was really, really hot. And everybody was like, y'all, we cannot ignore this anymore. Everybody's got to be thinking about video in some way. So I begrudgingly was like, guys, I said to my team, 2016, 2017, I guess I'm going to have to do some freaking videos this year. I was so (laughs) mad about it. I was irritated. I was stressed. I was scared. I didn't feel comfortable. I had built at this point a design and marketing agency, but I was very behind the scenes. I wrote some blogs sometimes, but I wasn't visible. So I just wasn't comfortable. I wasn't excited, but I was like, all right, we're going to have to do this thing. We have to walk our talk. We have to show our clients what does it look like to be consistent and show up and create content. All right, I'll do video. So I started a weekly Facebook live show and I would show up for 20 minutes every Wednesday at 11 a.m. and I would talk about marketing. And I would do it in this fun kind of just like very honest way, but I would mess up sometimes because it's live. And I'd be like, whoop, awkward marketing. Awkward. <laughs> I had bought awkwardmarketing.com years before with zero idea of what I was ever going to do with it. I'm like, you know what? Marketing is awkward. And that sounds kind of good. Awkward marketing. It sounds good. I like it. So I bought it. Never knew what I was going to do with it. Started doing these live shows was awkward, started calling it awkward. And then I'm like, you know what my show is called? Awkward marketing. So that's kind of like part one. But part two is where it got really sexy. Are you ready for that? I'm talking a lot. So I'm ready. I love it. I am in here loving this. Just go for it. So part two is like, I started just getting these crazy ideas where I was like, you know what? Wouldn't it be hilarious if I showed up on Facebook Live and I like did a musical, like a live musical? So I did. In June, I think of 2017, I did Facebook Live the musical. And it was kind of a hit. And people loved it. I wrote original songs to the tunes of Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. It was definitely a copyright violation. I'm sorry, Andrew Lloyd Webber, you're fine. He's fine. You know what I'm saying? But like I sang all these songs live on the, you know, on the internet. It was great. And I realized, you know, people want more of this. People want to do more of this marriage of, as you said, entertainment and education. So I started thinking of like fun ways to kind of bring these marketing concepts that I talked about so much or wrote about or taught my clients about or help my clients with, bring them to life. But instead of, again, getting on video and talking about marketing, I started having this idea of, oh, why don't I become the example? And I also had like a Gary V moment of like one day I listened to Gary V be like, do the thing that only you can do. And I was like, you know what my thing is? being like a weirdo. And also I have a woman of a thousand faces and a lot of, like at that point I had no wigs, but now I do. I was destined to have wigs. So I just decided to start, I bought a green screen. I got a bunch of wigs, right? The beginning of my wig collection, which is now huge. And I started creating more kind of like non-live, like pre-produced videos in which I was becoming like little sketch comedy characters. And we were off to the races and that was it. And nobody else was doing that. And People do comedy and characters and marry that with business, but nobody has doing what I'm doing with 
Like I have whole videos where I'm talking to myself. Like I've got five different characters talking to each other on screen and it's all me. (laughs) I know. It's amazing. And like you're blowing my mind that you're saying that this thing all started from you showing up on Facebook Live. Like I think every single person listening to this cringed with you when you were saying, I mean, how many years has it been now that they say this is the year of video? And I can attest, I'll speak for myself. Every time I hear that, my backbone shatters a little bit because I think that is the thing I don't want to do. That's the only thing that I dread doing, that I fear doing. And here you are showing up every Wednesday, not only doing it, but doing it like you wrote a musical? What? That's amazing. And your videos that you do now are amazing. So are you telling me right now that you don't have any background in like video production or script writing? Like how did those come to be? Well, okay. I do have a background in theater. I got a whole degree in it, which is like, honestly, I'm relieved on the behalf of my parents who very generously allowed me, I guess they like kind of allowed me to get a, nobody ever tried to talk me out of getting a theater degree. I kind of wish they had, but now I'm glad they hadn't. So I do have a background in performance and entertainment and I understand writing and all that, but No, video production, script writing, none of that. Like, and that's what is the fun of this show. That's what is, and I'll tell you what, you know, what's crazy is somebody said on my Facebook yesterday, they were like, oh my God, they saw one of my recent videos and they were like, I'm so sad that you never like tried to be a real actress or like you gave up trying to be an actress. Like, I really think you could have made it. And I understand what they meant by that. It was like, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. And I'm like, I wanted to be like, I don't have the teeth for it. I like really need a whole set of teeth. You want to fund my teeth, then we're going to Hollywood. But that's the truth, people. If anybody out there wants to fund my veneers, let's head out west. But anyway, only 33% getting on that one. But I thought to myself, I wanted to respond back and say, I actually feel like I have made it in the sense of like, I am a paid actor. I am a working actor. I literally have found a way to bring acting and theater and entertainment into my business, right? That's freaking awesome. And not only that, I'm writing my own roles. I play every role on the block, right? And I get to do the costuming. I get to, now it also sucks, right? Like, of course, I have a tiny little audience. I'm not getting, I'm not on Broadway. I'm not on the silver screen, but I have a tremendous creative freedom and I get paid for it at this point in many different ways. I found many different ways of getting paid to be an actor within my own business. That's cool. And I'm excited about that. It's a good consolation prize for not. I always say like, I always wanted to be on Broadway, but I guess I was destined to be the animation that your boss uses in a work email to show he's still relevant. You know, it's really tomato, tomato. Oh my goodness. Look, we're going to get to the amazing gif fluencer that you are. But first, I want to go back to that for a second, because I think, first of all, you're not famous yet. I mean, to me, you're totally famous. So it's all relative. I think you are famous, but your following is only going to explode from here. So I'm just grateful that I get to say I knew her when she would come on to my podcast. Oh my goodness. Like I'm completely starstruck by you if that isn't already obvious. But I think that what you're doing is brilliant. You have full creative control over what you're doing. And so screw that Facebook commenter. So let me just get that in there. But I heard you say before too that Every piece of content that someone puts out there should be treated like precious gold or something to that effect. Can you explain what you mean by that when you're creating content? Did I say that? Because I didn't mean it. I take it back. 
I take it back. I was like, what? Who did I say it to and what? Oh gosh, where was it? Maybe in one of your Instagram stories that we should really give every piece of content. Don't just slap something on the internet for slapping something on the internet, or at least that's how I understood it. But create content that is evergreen and will serve your business for years and years instead of just kind of one and done. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think there's two different types of content. I think a lot of people get really hung up on like, Right now, the content of the moment is content like reels and TikToks and that kind of thing, right? And like the disposable content of Instagram stories or of all the other kind of like in the moment content, the clubhouse content that's happening or that type of thing, the tweets, the stuff that people put in their feed. People get really hung up on that type of content. That's the throwaway content. That content can be evergreen, meaning it can serve you for many years, but many people especially like the stories and the reels, this is content that people will consume now and probably not a year from now, right? And that's good. You know what's awesome about that content is that it lowers the stakes. That's why I started my show as a Facebook Live. That's why I tell anybody starting into like, oh, I want a big show like yours. Well, start with a crappy show where you just show up and you get used to like teasing out ideas and you kind of feel into your voice And then once something lands and you get traction, invest more in that. I didn't start by investing a ton of time, energy, editing, costumes, props, production right out the get-go. I had to validate that concept, right? And so it was like a ladder. I don't even know where we started, Kelly, but we're here and we've taken a journey. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like we started with you putting things on Facebook Live musical style and it evolved into this comedy show that also teaches people things and you do it unapologetically and strategically and you don't hold back with challenging the status quo and I love that like through your humorous personification of Brad the bro marketer among other things like you're disrupting the marketing space but also the education space by bringing humor and entertainment into it so like that all blows my mind it's brilliant like the only place that you're headed from here is up into the stars so don't forget about your new business bestie and on the East Coast of Canada when she connects with you on Facebook. But <laughs> are you kidding me? You're coordinating my book tour. That's <laughs> what we have. This is a long game thing for me. Don't you see? Oh, Watch the master. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Well, I, now I remember you reminding me because what I was going to say is the beauty of that throwaway, that low production quality content is it allows you to take risks. It helps you dip your toe in. It allows you to stay visible and to just create more content. Like when Gary V would say things like you got to create like 70 million pieces of content a day, right? It's like, well, these days it's really easy to do that. You get on your Instagram stories, you can create 50 pieces of content in five minutes, like literally right now, not all of it is going to have that longer shelf life, but not all of it should. And I always like to tell people, you got to think about social media as like your R and D right? Like your research and development, your little studio, your experimental space, the stories, the stuff in your feed, the tweets, the throwaway content, the TikToks, the reels, that is the place where you test ideas and concepts. And if they land, you double, triple, quadruple invest in those. Those become blog posts or more elaborate videos. Those become your next speech. They can become your book down the line. They become an offering, a course. They can become a whole like series of videos or content, right? And it just starts with using the throwaway content, the in the moment content, right? 
to experiment. And then what you had said, then once something has taken off to a certain degree, sometimes this happens for me, like literally in the comments, like LinkedIn comments, a LinkedIn comment I make will take off. And I'm like, damn, that must've been a good idea. I guess I'll turn it into a story on Instagram at the very least. And then if people respond to it, then I guess I'll turn it into a more like concrete blog post or maybe an episode of awkward marketing or maybe a whatever. Right. And I allow social media to be a place for me to be in conversation with my audience and developing content for them and solutions for them versus just like shouting at them with a megaphone. That's the difference. It's like, yes, I want you to create that longer term evergreen content, but don't do it blind. Don't do it without listening to your audience. Start with the little in the moment content. And for people who are like stressed out about being visible, whether it's on video or whether it's just getting visible on social media, what I said about comments is where I want you to start, which is if you're nervous, I love like the idea of using social media to workshop content ideas. Here's your workaround. You go onto, I love LinkedIn, by the way, go onto LinkedIn. You look at the questions other people are posing, right? People in your feed, stop, spend five minutes a day and answer their questions. The algorithm is such, it's going to reward you for doing so. People are going to respond to you. Some people will, some people won't, right? But that's a really low stakes way of testing out ideas. And if it lands, well, then now you've got an idea to take to your email subscribers, to take to your Facebook, to take to a TikTok, to take to a real on Instagram. Is this making sense? Yes, totally. It's almost like a waterfall. So you kind of test it out. I mean, I don't know LinkedIn that well, full disclosure. So I don't even know if I'd know where to go to look for questions. But you're basically saying like, go to where your community's at, see what questions they're asking and answer them on your platforms to see what sticks. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be about going to your own platform and taking it back. It is literally as easy as wherever you or your audience or your people hangs out, go hang out in that space and interact with people there. Meaning, I'm not saying go take a question and bring it back to your own feed, although sure, that could be like level two. I'm saying go and interact with people. Now, LinkedIn specifically rewards you for talking to people and it's like rewards you like in a really cool organic like exposure to new people way. I'm very fascinated by the very strange LinkedIn algorithm, which seems to be one of the only social platforms left where you can truly make organic connections with brand new people by showing up and engaging and bringing value. And that's been my experience right now with LinkedIn. And we're in the beginning of 2021, right? Like this may age very, I don't know, differently. But what I'll say is, that I use that very specific piece of advice for LinkedIn specifically because you get rewarded for like talking to people there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I should maybe dive back in there a little bit. I'm telling you, they want fun there. They're like desperate for like a real good time. Okay. For real. (laughs) And like, if you're a fun person... It's a place they for you, man. need a party committee. They are in need of a party committee representative. Yes. I get it. Okay. So you bought a fancy camera or you're thinking about buying one because it's clear to you that there is no shortage of beautiful moments or things in your life that you'd like to capture beautifully. But the record scratches because all the dials and buttons and settings are standing between you and your life in stunning photos. Well, my friend, I have just the fix. The ultimate photography starter kit. This 
free resource includes a recommended equipment list, quick start checklist, and a beginner's guide to creating natural poses and candid moments to give you the confidence you need to dust off that fancy camera and start documenting your moments so they can last forever. The Ultimate Photography Starter Kit is completely free and it is everything you need to get started. So grab yours today at kellylawson.ca slash starter kit. That's kellylawson.ca slash starter kit. And I can't wait to see your framers in my scroll. You talk a lot about unforgettability in business, and I have to say that that is something that you've done an incredible job embodying what you preach because you completely are unforgettable. Your website experience is unforgettable. Every word and font and form in there is something that I just know you put a lot of thought into. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, how do I get this woman in my world? Like, how do I get this woman in my inbox? And I looked for it and I found it. And here we are today. But I'm wondering if you can share with listeners like any tips that you have for how other entrepreneurs can become unforgettable or bring unforgettability into their businesses. Well, okay, I'm going to give you a really easy hack because I love hacks that you can just like go and implement right now. And that would be go and audit your own website experience experience, your own sales experience. Maybe it's not a website. Maybe you do something else, right? From start to finish. When I say audit, I mean like pretend like you're the customer. Pretend like you're the customer buying your thing or sending a contact form or reaching out to say, hey, I want to work with you or whatever it is, right? Go through the steps that they go through, right? And actually do them because I want you to like go through and like input a form in your contact form. I know you're rolling your eyes thinking, RKA, I've done this. Okay. <laughs> I have people to do this for me. Trust me on this. Okay. So I want you to go through the sales process or go through the like contact form process and look at every single touch point. And when I say every single touch point, I mean, let's use something simple like a contact form. Touch point number one is literally the contact form itself, right? One touch point is the questions you ask. Are you asking? Default questions like name, email, message. How can we help? What do you need? How can I like what? Or sometimes it's just message, right? You go to a contact form. There's nothing. It just says message. It's a big (laughs) giant text block. So number one, first touch point. This is an opportunity to surprise and delight people. This is an opportunity to create an unforgettable experience, right? And this is where you can infuse personality into your questions, not just infuse personality. You can establish boundaries with the types of questions you ask. You can guide and establish the value you're bringing. You can weed out the wrong people. You can start like helping people understand how you work literally just in the questions you ask. So touch point number one on your contact form is the actual questions. Then I click the button. The button, by the way, should not say submit. It should say something fun. Like, yes, I'm ready to get unforgettable or something. Oh shit. I got to go like double check that mine does that, but it should, right? Like I'm like, oh, (laughs) am I walking my talk? But yeah, anytime you can make your button, like say what they're getting or what their next step is or have some fun with the button, right? Again, this is all about surprising and delighting where other people fail to. That's what makes you unforgettable, right? Like where you surprise and shock and like catch us and right? All these things. Yes. And I think you do walk that talk, by the way, very well. Thank you. I appreciate it. I try. I try. We're all a work in progress because like your website is always. So touch point number two, I just clicked the button. And now touch point number three 
is where do I go next? Now, what some people have happened, this is the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen next is a little bit of text pops up that says, thank you for your submission. Someone will be with you in 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> oh, wow. No matter what, no matter what service you're using to automate that, you have the ability to customize that text. Doesn't need to be pretty. Doesn't need to be fancy. Customize that text. But geez, please don't just send me that little tiny bit of text that which most people miss and don't even look at. This is another opportunity. So I should be going to a thank you page. And on that thank you page, again, you should be surprising and delighting me. Again, it should not just say to me, I mean, minimum, I should go to a thank you page and like start there. But ideally, that is another opportunity to build value, to set expectations, to set boundaries, to surprise and delight, to give you extra information, right? Like some people use this to upsell you. Some people use this to give you like, here's my best blog post. Like, here's your next step. Here's what to expect. Like all these different things. I love to have a video on that page that says, hey, by the way, here's an intro to me. While I have you, here's a 20 second video. Hey, and it's customized to this step in the user journey or whatever, the customer journey. I'll stop now. But what I mean is this is my practical, actionable advice. Go to your website, audit your sales process or your intake process. And at every single touch point, I want you to go in and at the very least, just tweak the language so it feels personal, so it feels that there's a human being behind it, so it feels customized to your audience and their needs. And just that will create an unforgettable experience because 95% of people stick with the default text, the default like process here, and they lose a bazillion opportunities to blow people's minds, quite honestly. Does this make sense? It totally does. And I know that you've done it because I went through all of your touch points in your website and I remember most of it and that's uncommon. Like I can't tell you about another user experience that I've had where I can recall and like even with the Amy Porterfields and the Marie Forleo, it's like I can't tell you that I can recall any of that experience, but with yours, I can. And you're funny at every corner. So obviously I'm the Lord Tarion type of consumer and that's like <laughs> comes from... From one of your videos that listeners are going to have to watch to understand. It was your video with Tarzan K where you identified the different types of visitors to your webpage. And the Lord Tyrion is the one who really likes the comedy. And that would be me. And that is the Sage Polaris, actually. That was Tarzan K and Sage Polaris. And I believe it is Sage's color-coded system. So of course, we got to give credit to where it's due. Because Tarzan is like... I think pioneered a different idea that we talked about in that episode. But yeah, I love that color-coded system. Such a great episode. Drop it in the show notes, if you will. I will. A hundred thousand percent, I will. And anyway, I'm definitely the Lord Tyrion in that scenario. I love the funny things. And like, they stick with me because it's unexpected. It's uncommon. And I remember it was just a simple where I would put my email address into your webpage that said, put in an email address that you'll actually check. And then I had a laugh because we're all a little bit guilty of having like an info at email or some, you know, hotmail.com email or whatever, where we sign up for the free things. And then we don't have to deal with the emails or the spam, if you will, that comes in afterwards. So it made me chuckle. And I thought that was also very targeted, right? Because not everybody is going to have an email address that they don't check. (laughs) So it's little things like that. I was laughing the whole way through. And I think that you definitely are walking the talk. You're embodying the unforgettability (laughs) of the customer journey for sure. And among all the things that you do, you also run a course that encourages business owners to create their own animated gifts to become 
giftfluencers, so to speak, which took me a few tries to actually say correctly, I have to admit. So I enrolled in the course and I'm having so much fun. I created a few gifts on the same day that I enrolled, like that afternoon. Now I'm only going to get better. I can only go up from here, RKA. So don't worry, my gifts are going to get better. But can you talk a little bit about the benefits of becoming a giftfluencer? Because let's face it, like you are a giftfluencer. So for people listening, if you stick RKA in your gift search box, whatever you call it, when you go to share a gift with someone, you get a whole library of RKA gifts. Like it is super cool. So yeah, can you talk a little bit about the benefits of becoming a gift fluencer? It's so funny. And this is another example of like, I am a huge proponent of like you said, when you do eventually create that like gold evergreen piece of content, that piece of content that probably people can revisit two, three, four years from now, and it's still going to be good. When you create that, then what you want to do is you want to repurpose the hell out of it. You want to create your own echo is what I like to say, right? Like you want to just be repeating and repeating and repeating that and like finding different ways to highlight and spotlight that content. And so that's where gifts started for me was I create these like pretty elaborate sketch comedy business videos and I wanted to get more life out of them. And I'm like, darn it. You know what? I'm sick of dropping other people's faces into my emails, right? Like, why am I going to send out an email marketing campaign with like Jonah Hill or whatever, or like the little dancing ballerina girl, like twerking or whatever? Like, why am I going to do that? When I've got all these videos, like I want to be able to send me, I want to be able to like selfishly, obviously reinforce my brand, not another business, not another entertainer, another YouTube creator, another video, right? So like it all started that way, kind of stretching out my own content and being able to build my own brand awareness versus another person's brand. In those early days, I just like created gifts every time I created videos and nobody was watching them. And then like one day they landed. But the truth is like, why would you create gifts for your business? Well, to do all the things I just mentioned, right? Give extra life. If you are creating video content, there's literally no reason why you shouldn't be creating gifts. It's a missed opportunity. It's ridiculous. Like get a VA to do this, this and only this for a whole week. But honestly, do it for yourself. It's fun. Like do it as your own fun thing because that's my number two reason. Why integrate gifts into your business communications because it's fun. And I don't say this just to be like puffy, like, oh, like, and fun is important. We all need like joy, but we do. But I'll tell you this, because of what you just said a couple minutes ago, that you are a yellow, if you will, right? Like you are the type of customer that entertainment appeals to you, gets your attention, affects your buying behavior quite a bit. I, I bet you're the kind of person that like one of those Harmon Brothers ads, which are freaking hilarious, like just comedy ads, you're the type of audience that would stop and watch the entire three minute ad if it's funny enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And so fun works, fun sells. If I'm going to appeal to the capitalist within your audience, it's going to be that. But then also on the softer side and the side that really appeals to me and that moves and drives my behavior, which is this, is that I like to say gifts are the internet's love language. People relate to each other in humor. This is a type of internet banter. This is a way the internet communicates. So if you want to speak your customer's language, your audience's language, if you want to get on their level and really relate to them as a human being, gifts are one way of doing that, right? 
And it's freaking fun. Also, like also anytime I can get away with fun, anytime I can get paid to have fun, I am here for it. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I don't really know how we fully understood each other on the internet before gifts, if I'm being perfectly honest. Like, how did we actually get our message across without an animated GIF before this? Well, GIFs are like an early invention. I will tell you this. I will say GIFs have been around for a long time, but it's only recently that we had the technology to take beloved television and movies or like videos and GIFify them. I think like what most people know to be GIFs today are animations or like clips of their favorite pop culture icons or their favorite internet pop culture icons like Archaic, right? (laughs) So like that's a relatively more modern invention, but like GIFs like have been around and GIFs really, truly, if I'm being a purist, if I were to say it for real, GIFs have been around since the dawn of the net, just to give you a little history lesson there. Sorry to bring the mood of the day down. (laughs) I don't think that you're capable of that, honestly. So RKA, Rachel K. Albers, how can people get in touch with you? How can they get you in their inbox, so to speak? Because I know that when I came across you, I just wanted you in my world. So how can listeners do that if everything that you've said today, they are sold on? Well, for only $99 a month, you too can be part of the, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, I missed that one. Where do I sign up for that one? You're right, right. Oh my God, this is the thing. Okay, so you can find me at rachelkalbers.com. That's Rachel with an A-E-L for all you license plate designers out there. rachelkalbers.com. That's R-A-C-H. I need to have some sort of a vanity. You know what? Let's just say you can go to heyrka.com and that will redirect by the time this airs. I'm doing it right now. Go to heyrka.com and you'll find me, baby. We'll be sure to link you and all of those things in the show notes as well so people can find it easily. And I think that just simply Googling awkward marketing. That's true. You know what? Like, here's the thing. Send me a message in the beacon of a dove. That's kind of how I prefer. It's like the boundary I'm setting these days. I'm like, listen, if you don't have the time, if you don't want to take the time to send me the message in a beak of a dove, I don't know if you are my ideal client. I don't know (laughs) if we're meant to work together. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, that's just my new thing. So can it specifically be a Canadian dove? Well, I'm only taking a certain type of Canadian dove at this point because I've been saturated with others and it's really affecting my local. Like I've gotten letters from my local city. They're not excited with me. So Put it in the show notes, the type of dove. And then, yeah, but that's kind of where I'm at. And I think that's a good pro tip. Amazing. And I mean, if people in your local community move here, there's real estate right next door to my friend on Facebook's house. You could buy it and live there and you guys could just be business besties and run off into the sunset for the rest of time. This, you know what? I'm nodding. I'm nodding. Have your people call my people. But again, when I say call, I mean, send it in the big give it up. Thanks. Okay. Fair enough. So Googling where to buy a dove. Just kidding. So usually I end these episodes with kind of one send off piece of advice, like the one thing that listeners can do today to get one giant step closer to creating unforgettability. What do you recommend they do? Honestly, I think you need something. This is where I am going to be a jerk. I think you need to follow Awkward Marketing on YouTube. I really... (laughs) I have given so much value in this episode. I am just going to come in hot with some self-promotion. 
That's the kind of marketer I am today. So awkwardmarketing.tv, I think that's going to be your first step. I think you're going to need a crash course and letting your hair down and just having fun while learning about business. There we go. I think that's a fantastic send off. Folks listening, grab a bag of popcorn or a glass of wine or whatever and sit down for awkward marketing. You are in for a treat. Like Netflix has nothing on awkwardmarketing.tv. RKA, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate your generosity in giving us so much value in this episode and all of your time. I know that you're a super busy lady. I am so grateful to have had you on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. What can I say? You are welcome. But really, please don't walk away after listening to this episode and not look Rachel up on the internet. Her content is truly where comedic entertainment meets social media and business marketing education. And I truly believe she is paving the way for the future of how we show up online. I mean, I took one look at her and then immediately back at myself and realized, hang on, I don't look any different than anyone else in my industry. There is no reason for someone to remember me over another podcaster, photographer, or educator. My branding and messaging are safe and objectively similar to others in my field, and somehow I never recognized that as a problem until RKA. And so, I challenge you to do the same. Look inward at the business you are creating and the brand you are building and ask yourself those hard questions too. Like, do I truly stand out in my industry? Or have I fallen into the trap of being more of the same and so now I blend in? And if the answer to that is yes, I want to encourage you to do some deep digging and make some changes. Be your own thing. Stop looking sideways and give yourself permission to be different, bolder, more memorable, and to be more true to yourself while you're at it. I know I feel called to be better with how I show up after meeting Rachel. I will link to all of her corners of the web in the show notes, but if you want to skip that step, simply search Awkward Marketing on YouTube or type RKA into your next Giphy search and you will be well on your way to getting your daily RKA fix. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I believe she is someone to watch because she is definitely someone who is doing things unforgettably and we are all about to see where that takes her. No pressure, RKA. Today was such a treat for me. I can't thank you enough for tuning in to yet another episode of the Workshop Weekly Podcast. I am so grateful to get to introduce you to so many incredible business experts and grace your earbuds or your car speakers or your Google Mini week after week. Until next week, my friend, I'm going to miss you. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you workshop warrior you.